Hello and welcome to the Rubber Duck Dev Show. I'm Chris. I'm Creston. And today we have a fun panel. We've got Adrian here representing VS Code. Hey, hey guys. And we have Eric representing RubyMine. Howdy. And CJ stepped up to represent Vim. Hi, friends. All right. So we're going to, I thank you guys for being here with us today. This is going to be a fun showdown. And CJ, especially thank you for stepping up at the last minute. We had a cancellation. Uh, our friend Colin was supposed to be here, but life intruded and, and we made the, made the call and CJ answered. So uh, we thank you for, for stepping up there. Um, we will, about them. yeah, <laughs> any chance, huh? All right. Um, so <laughs> what, what we normally do on the show at this point is we do a week in review, but because there's five of us and there's so much to talk about with these IDEs, I think we're going to forego that. I do want to ask, did everybody have a great week this week? Yeah, all right. Absolutely. Well, that's good. So we're yeah, all jazzed for a talk. Uh, do you have a few moments to talk about them? Says Colin. Uh, sure. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, so I want to, uh, th this is going to be a really loose chat and we're just going to talk about our, our different IDEs and what we think about them and stuff. But I want to start out with a few caveats. One is it's important to understand, I think for, for newer developers, especially that when we developers who have been doing this for a while talk about this is the best IDE. That means it's the best IDE for the way we work and the way we think, right? Um, all these IDEs have pros and cons. Um, so there is no best IDE. There's just a best one for you. Um, so what I hope to accomplish with this chat is to kind of expose newer developers to the different IDEs and things you may want to think about when you're picking an IDE. Um, you know, because it's it's a little overwhelming when you first get into this and start thinking about, oh, gosh, how am I going to do all this stuff? Right. So um, the other thing is. So let's define IDEs, integrated development environment. I think VS Code and RubyMine are true IDEs. Vim, I I wouldn't personally consider that really an IDE. It's more of an editor, which that's not to put down Vim, it's just to say from a technical standpoint, I don't think it's an IDE. Although I think NeoVim has more of the IDE flavors than regular Vim does. Um, so just, you know, from a definition standpoint, keep that in mind. But from a talking standpoint, they're all IDEs, right? If, if we talk about IDEs. So um, what I want to start out with is I, I will just say that Personally, I used Sublime for a long time, and I switched over last year to VS Code, and that they're so similar that I, I really consider them about the same from a talking perspective. So, you know, the, the things that, that Adrian talks about with VS Code today are going to apply to Sublime if you'd rather use Sublime. They're almost twins. So, um, so uh, Adrian... Let's start with you. Let let me hear a little bit about why you picked Sublime slash VS Code over other IDEs that you've looked at. Yeah, so it all starts, I started, I think, when I, uh, like about 10 years ago when I, I was using Notepad++. And it was like the first editor that I used professionally. Of course, I played around with Dreamweaver a little bit and other what you see is what you get editors that were uh, in fashion back then, but Notepad++ was the first one. And it had, uh, as I remember, like a quite a rich plugin system. So you could do a lot of things with it. And at one point, uh, I think I, I, I saw a tutorial about Laravel or something. And um, the the guy was using Sublime and he was just like a, like a wizard. He would just open up the palette and he would just go to the fifth menu instantaneously and the, the page would load up and it would look nice. It had that dark mode, which Notepad++ had it, but it wasn't as smooth. And I started using it. Um, and I think it was difficult for me to switch to Sublime from like the first, first few days because we were doing FTP development back then. Mm -hmm. And uh, Sublime didn't have the, that GUI, that 
tree view of files. You had to go like manually through each folder for each directory and find your file. And uh, Notepad had that tree and that was easy. But once I got past that, I mean, Sublime was super speedy. I mean, it was amazing. It just vibed with me. So this is how I got into Sublime and uh, later to VS Code. Mm -hmm. So one of the things, one of the other things that we probably want to mention here is that I know for a fact that Sublime and VS Code are not written specifically for Ruby developers. Uh, I don't Definitely. think Vim is not either. Um, I think RubyMine is kind of a, my understanding is kind of a Ruby extension of kind of the IntelliJ base IDE. Um, is kind of how I think that works, but I'll let you yep. speak more to that, Eric. But to make them for, you know, like for Ruby developers or Rust developers or Python developers, all these things have plugins that kind of you can customize them to your language's best workflow, right? Um, so, Eric, why don't you talk to us a little bit about um, why you use RubyMine and what you find better about it than the other IDEs for your work style? Yeah, absolutely. And I gotta say that um, getting to RubyMine and sticking with RubyMine throughout the years, um, I haven't always been there with them. So uh, I've been I've been doing Rails development for probably 15 years now. And uh, initially, um, I used Sublime because that was the big one. Actually, initially we used TextMate, and then mm -hmm. Sublime came out, and that was incredible. Um, and then uh, RubyMine was always kind of a out there for me. But the problem with RubyMine back at that time is computers just weren't fast enough to handle that type of IDE. The power just wasn't there. Right. And I think what ended up happening is they got a reputation for being a slow uh, editor. And because of that, it's people have kind of locked on to other things such as VS Code and, and of course, Vim, which, you know, I'm not going to compete with Vim because those who are in Vim, it's like a cult. So, I mean, it would, and I'm part of it, so I understand. Um, but the thing about RubyMine is, and, and I think I can equate it, I can explain it best like this. Um, I do a lot of uh, mentoring. And when I mentor, I always push them to use RubyMine because RubyMine is a tool for productivity. It's a tool to get stuff done. And it's really easy, especially in Vimland, to fall into the, I want to modify my editor. I want to make sure that it has all my tweaks and all that stuff. And that's fantastic if you have the time, if you're young, like all that stuff. And, and I love doing it. I think it's a, it's a, I nerd, I nerd snipe myself all the time. Um, <laughs> but if I need to get stuff done, I go to RubyMine because it has everything I need to produce quality code very fast. Um, and we can get into the features and all that later, but um, so if I'm just thinking around, I might not use RubyMine, but when I'm actually trying to be productive and get things done, that's exactly where I go. If, awesome. if I may say like RubyMine sounds like Rails and Vim sounds like Node.js developments, maybe. Kind of. Well, it, it, maybe. I mean, I, I, I know there's Webpack. I'm sorry, not Webpack. Um, there is a... Uh, uh, JavaScript version of RubyMine. And like you said, Chris, it's built on top of the, the core uh, IntelliJ engine, which is actually fantastic because it's like a common language between all your different tools. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, real quick before we get to you, CJ, I just want to welcome chat. Colin and Rowan, welcome. Glad you guys could make it. Uh, so CJ, let's hear a little bit about why you like Vim. Sure. So I think... Um... For me, it's it's also about productivity. It's the same. It's actually kind of funny. It's the same reasons that Eric likes RubyMine and Adrian likes VS Code. It's just like got the things that I need to feel productive. Um, and I think like when I think about the tools that I'm using to build software, I want it to enable me to go faster or to build something, uh, you know, without having to think too much about the mechanics of making changes to my code or, uh, or reading my code or editing my code. And so, um, yeah, I also sort of bounced around between lots and lots of different editors, but the biggest jump for me was going from the full visual studio, not visual studio code, but like the full Microsoft, IDE for building .NET applications, yeah. uh, going from that to Notepad++ 
um, and then using Sublime and Atom and all of these different tools that were much simpler. And so going from this really, really feature rich IDE where I didn't even understand like 95% of the menus and the options and the tools for, you know, oh, there's this really like interesting performance thing built into the IDE. And going from that to a simple text editor for me was great because it kind of like took away a lot of distractions. Um, so that was that was like one reason for jumping from a like full blown like hardcore IDE into a simpler text editor. I also really loved Sublime and used that for several months uh, and was really into like the snippets. Uh, but one of the things that I think is a game changer for Vim that people might not recognize is that Vim is a what's called a modal editor. And so a lot of times when you just like click and you start typing um, what you see on the page in most editors is uh, like the editable text. And you're kind of always in this mode of changing what you see on the screen. And so Vim has several different modes that you can switch between. And uh, it turns out that like most of the time that you spend writing code is not actually typing in code. Most of the time that you spend, you're moving chunks around or you're reading or you're trying to find like, where's that class, class definition and where's that method defined and how is this chain of things happening? And so uh, what Vim gives you is a, a mode that is not an editing mode, but responds to key presses and lets you navigate around lots of different files really, really quickly and efficiently. And so that's kind of why I stick with it. <laughs> Uh, despite maybe not having all of the same functionality that a full-blown IDE might have. so, yeah. And that's what I've heard from a lot of people that use Vim that I've talked to, like Colin. One of his big reasons was getting rid of the distractions and being minimalist because that m made him more productive. You know, and one of the things that we were talking about is like, I, I can't do that. Like, because A, I have to retrain my 20 years, 30 years of muscle memory, right? Because you have to train that muscle memory to make Vim really efficient. Um, yes, there that is definitely one of the downsides. And, I, and in fact, is one of the reasons I recommend against juniors using Vim. Because I think if you're just learning, if you're learning how to code, like that is enough, you know, mental friction that's going on. You don't need to also learn like a new editor at the same time. But I would say once you're feeling comfortable and you, you might, start to feel this frustration with your tool about like, oh, I don't know, I want to do this thing, but I want to, I know exactly what needs to happen in my head. I know the edit that needs to happen, but my editor isn't enabling me to do that like really quickly. And uh, one of the things that I've heard Ben Ornstein say in the past is like, you should be able to edit your code with your eyes closed. And so just by knowing the commands for like how to navigate around your code base, um, you should be able to do that with your eyes closed, which I think is pretty challenging in uh, in most like full blown IDE situations. So, oh, absolutely. Um, I, I think, yeah, definitely not a good first text editor for most folks, but uh, it is something that I, I think is worth investing the you know three weeks to a month or whatever to to get over the that early learning curve. So, yeah, and, and I think one of the big kind of dividing points in IDEs or the way the way people code or prefer to code is kind of the the minimalist non-distraction thing versus I like having all the context in a bird's eye view which is kind of how I am the reason I like VS code and the full featured IDEs is because I can stand back and look at the entire context for for coders probably like you and I know for like Colin um that that just bogs them down. They they like the nice Zen, undistracted, I'm working on this bit of code, leave me alone view. And I can't work that way. I mean, Eric, what do you, how do you think about that? Um, yeah, I, I do agree with you. Um, you know, as, as CJ was talking, I kept thinking to myself, every benefit that you talked about is also available in both VS Code and in RubyMine. Um, I, and, uh, for me though, the, so as an example for what you're saying, um, sure, I can get into the code and like, just focus specifically on that part, but I'm always having to go through multiple files and jump around. One of the great things that VS two, two of the things that I use all the time in VS code is I use, um, uh, the, uh, direct, uh, go-to definition 
And what's incredible about that within RubyMine is it actually includes all of the dependencies. So I can go directly to the code dependency and understand and read their documentation because RubyMine will actually format it in documentation format. Another thing is I'm constantly using my database client, which is built in. Now I know VS Code has that as well, and I know that there's DadBod for Vim, um, but this is a tier one native, and actually it's the data grid product that's completely built into RubyMine, uh, a, a different product that they sell separately. So to me, having everything in one place where I really understand it, um, it it's just such a, it just makes things go so much faster and smoother. Right. And Adrian, what do you, what do you think on that point? So it's interesting. I think um, it's interesting how each of us work. Like for example, I never use the terminal in in VS Code. Almost never. Uh, I think it it only pops up when I run some like one local test. Otherwise, I have uh, a separate. I use iTerm, so I have a separate window for that. I use Table Plus, so a separate window for that. And my trick is I have this uh, app which I can uh, which I assign some hotkeys. So basically when I do option tilde, I go to the terminal and that's baked into my brain. When I do option one, it goes to Chrome, two goes to Slack, three goes to code, to VS code. So those are, are, are imprinted in my brain and I can just move around very quickly. I, probably like, like you do CJ with Vim. So for me, that's a much better uh, um, workflow than having everything baked in somehow. Because you know yeah, you, you can personalize the experience in each uh, application. They are made for that. Like iTerm does terminals and CLIs very well, and and uh, so on. Yeah. Yeah, I think one thing that uh, that Eric pointed out, and that I think we're all basically saying is that you can do all of the same stuff in all of these editors. Yeah. And what, one thing that I want to really highlight, especially for folks that are early career, is that it is way, way valuable to spend the time to learn your tools really, really well, no matter what they are, just like learn how to sharpen, like sharpen all of those tools. And, you know, if there's plugins that are available that make your life easier, go try out different plugins or learn the hotkeys, learn how to jump around to different files. Uh, yeah. So I think if you take away anything <laughs> uh, without being able to pick an editor, like the, it should be like whatever you pick, go go watch some YouTube videos and read some documentation about how to how to really like take advantage of those things. So and I and think, yeah, if you're watching this, you see all the all the senior devs here nodding their heads to CJ's point. Yes, please learn your tools. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, Adrian. Yeah, in a similar in in a similar fashion, you're going through your career and you're figuring out figuring out what your what you like to do. You like to uh, write code in Ruby or JavaScript or Java or Clojure, functional, object oriented. You just discover yourself in like a development, um, like a programming language manner. This it's the same thing with uh, IDEs. So you're trying to figure out what works for you, how you better manage projects, and so on. Yeah. And Creston, what do you use? What's your I'm poison? I'm still using Sublime, man. <laughs> I was using some bare ba some very basic text editor. And it was probably you that introduced me. What are you? You know, oh, I'm using Sublime. And I think <laughs> I from watching Ryan Ryan Bates like Railscast from years ago, I saw he was using TextBake, but I use Linux. So I think that only works for the Mac. But then yeah. I said, oh, look, there's this thing called Sublime Text. Oh, Chris is using it. All right, I'll try using that. And I haven't veered off since then. I'm still using it. And I'm probably only using 10% of its power. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, I think. I'm a little too bare bones, I think, for my own good. But yeah. That's good, man. That's good. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. I just, I just want to say one thing about Sublime. And I still use it every now and then. The thing that Sublime does that no other editor I've found does is have a huge huge, huge files. If you want to view log files that are just megabytes and megabytes huge, um, there's no better editor for that than Sublime. Um, mm -hmm. And that's usually the only time I reach for it now, but it's definitely very useful. Yeah, I still have it installed specifically for that purpose at work. I use, you know, VS Code for everything, but if I have to load a huge JSON file in there to parse it apart, forget it. Uh, no, I'm opening Sublime, thanks. <laughs> um. 
So, yeah. So, uh, Rowan, I just checked RubyMine out. Looks great, especially the debugger. I moved from VS Code to Vim, technically in Vim, and I don't miss my X one bit. I Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people, like Colin Gilbert moved from VS Code. He Then he got the Vim plug-in for VS Code, and then he moved to Vim completely. NeoVim, actually, I think. But... Um, so he kind of stepped his way into it and he's, he seems to be much happier there. Um, but Eric was nice enough to reach out to, uh, Ruby mine for us, uh, coming on the show and got a discount code. If you guys want to check Ruby mine out. So, um, Eric, why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, the, uh, so I reached out to Ruby mine and let them know that I'm going to be talking about this. And they, they gave me, I, I let them know that one of the concerns that people have regarding Ruby mine, which I found on Twitter is that it's just so expensive. Um, and, and my retort to that is Tesla's are expensive too, but if you want to drive the best, you're going to have to pay. Right. Nice. But a lot of, you know, it is such a tool, it's such a perfect tool for beginners. So, uh, they provided a 20% discount on a one-year personal license. Uh, it's only good through the end of May. Um, but, uh, the code is rubber duck, all one, it's one word, all caps, rubber duck. There you go. It's in the, in the chat for you guys with the link for the, the download site. Um, so, uh, check that out. If you, if you want to check out, uh, Ruby mine, like he said, that one is a paid product. I don't, I, I mean, I think it's worthwhile to have to be a paid product, but there you go is a 20% so you can try it out. And, and I think they offer a 30 day free trial to, uh, to get started. But I, I believe also, if you're willing to take the risk, which I do all the time, uh, you can use the EAP. Uh, for free. So I think they allow you to use the EAP products for free. So if you yeah. just want to work on the edge, I think you can continue to do that almost indefinitely. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Living on the edge. That's that's too risky for me, man. Um, all right. That's so it. how many of you have actually used, not not just poked around, but used in regular workflows, these other IDEs? Yeah. Everybody, everybody. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I'm probably and... the holdout. I, I, <laughs> I don't fear. I... <laughs> yeah. yeah. One thing that I really love about VS Code that I found recently is that you can use, uh, you can run Jupyter notebooks directly in VS Code. Which, um, if you don't already have Jupyter installed, you can really easily just like save something as like a IPYNB or whatever it's called. And then you have these interactive cells that you can run. So that was that's like a really uh, killer feature that I love from VS Code. So yeah, if you if you haven't seen that, go check that out. Um, and nice. and I think a few months ago, a few releases ago, they made uh, changes to how Jupyter work, Jupyter notebooks work, and they're running natively inside uh, VS Code. So they're not just a web page, a web UI view, but something native. So they have performance as well. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of mind blowing to write some C sharp in, or like basically in these runnable REPLs in, you know, Jupyter yeah. notebooks inside of VS Code. That was pretty sweet. Um, yeah, and Rowan says there's an extension for everything in VS Code. Major plus. Yeah, it does have a huge extension community. Yeah, I mean, there's if you want if you want it to do something, almost guaranteed there's an extension for it. <laughs> Um, this is this is something that sold me for VS Code because Sublime was amazingly fast and I still miss the speed when you switch from like a tab to another and so on. Um, but VS Code has had so many extensions. Uh, even like five years ago, they had like an amazing plugin plugin directory. And um, once I installed a few, I just said, "Yeah, this I could make this work. Make it work like Sublime." Yeah. Right. One of the things that I really like about VS Code that I've started using recently with with my coding with Chris stuff is the uh, pair programming um, that it enables built, you know, just kind of built into it. it yeah. It's an extension, but it's it's basically built in so easy. Um, and that's been really nice because I've tried some other code sharing things and they're just not as smooth as that one was. Um there are a few wrinkles with it, but it's the best one I've used so far. Um, yeah, I think two. another like interesting thing about RubyMine too is, so I haven't actually used RubyMine, but I used, um, I think it's called PyStorm or something. It's like the Python version yeah. um, of RubyMine uh, back when I was maintaining a Django app. And one thing that I really liked was that you could com like connect to remote dev boxes. 
So if you're working for a big organization and you don't actually have the code locally and you need to connect to some like remote thing, I th I'm pretty sure all of these editors do that, but I, I remember that being like a really nice feature, being able to sort of like run your tests in the cloud and like, you know, run CI on specific files and things without needing to rsync and then SSH into some box somewhere. So it let you kind of like just connect to these remote dev boxes really easily, which was, uh, yeah, it was pretty nice. Oh, that's cool. I, um, I, I've often told people, or at least I've often thought that uh, choosing an IDE or an editor is more of an ergonomic choice than anything else. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's what fits your personality. Um, there are reasons that I love Vim. Um, there are some incredible, there's incredible tooling out there and I'll share one. Um, there's a library by uh, a guy named Octo Octavio Schwenk. And um, I learned about him when I went to Doom Emacs and he wrote the Rails suite for that and he's created uh built on top of lazy vim just it's just you run his script and then you've got it running where it's a full pretty much a full ide for rails and it's fantastic and then vs code um i mean coding in the browser that's incredible that you can do yeah. that and it, and it carries your configuration along with you yeah. um and it's also the tool that i reach for when i don't want to load a heavy thing so i you know if i if i have just a file i want to edit i'll load it in code versus uh versus ruby Definitely. One thing that I miss from RubyMine is how smart it is. So I used RubyMine just a little bit, not, not for too long, but I used PHP Storm a lot for a few years. And it was so freaking smart. It it knew like every definition, every method. It it would even go to like the standard library of that programming language. So um, I, I think no no editor matches that. I think we can call RubyMine like the smart one. That's yeah. definitely <laughs> definitely. I think I can agree with that. Uh, they they put a lot, and it's been around. I mean, it's a it's a mature product, so it's had a lot of groundwork laid to it. And um, sometimes when you see very mature products, it's kind of like, oh, they've been abandoned and they're going to die on the vine. But that doesn't seem to be a thing with IntelliJ and RubyMine. Uh, they keep moving that forward. And, and it seems like what I've seen, they're very careful about making sure things are done correctly. Um, so... Yeah. So one of the other questions I had that I've I've thought about before, you know, we talk about with like with project management methodologies and coding methodologies and stuff, you 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 pick and, and languages even, you pick the right one for the project that you're working on. Have you guys run into that with IDEs? So I like going back to Eric's point earlier about ergonomics, right? Like I think um there's another there's another piece of this, and that is about um just like the energy and picking an editor for fun right like uh so some people will use a tool and be able to like really get into the nitty-gritty and configure all these different things and write little lewis scripts that you know automate little pieces and you can do this in all of these different editors but uh part of it is just like having the energy to go and uh, you know, do your job every day and wake up and be excited. And so there's a couple ways you can sprinkle in fun throughout the day. And one of those is by picking an editor that just like makes you happy and gives you delight, which I think is also probably why we pick Ruby and love to work with Ruby. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, curious to hear, uh, yeah, if, if y'all are picking editors based on projects or yeah. No, yeah. I haven't reached for a different editor for a while now. But I think it also like it comes with the seniority. Like because before I remember when I was like on Windows, uh once every like three months I maybe format the computer and install everything to have everything fresh. And I would just spend a day making everything look nice again and when working and uh I just don't want to do that anymore. That's why I, I have a Mac now and everything just works and looks good. And I just want to hit like that download button and run. And I just want to do my job, like you said. All right, let's take a second catch up on chat here. Um house to boy, that's a bad color of they put your name in. I'm hard time reading that with my old eyes, but it's also a downside. There are a ton, uh, but none of them work really well. Talking about the uh expansive uh, plugin community for VS Code. I wouldn't say none of them work, but there are a number yeah. of things that that don't yeah. work well. Um, 
you know, because everybody writes a plugin and maybe of they course. write it correctly and maybe they don't. But um, yeah, that is a thing. It's it's kind of a big morass to wade through. Um, yeah, and for Ruby, for Ruby is not like the best, like the perfect experience with VS Code. That's definitely I can yeah. attest to that. Yeah, I had to do a I lot think of tweaking. Also, like, sorry, Chris. I think also like um there are going, there's like a lot of improvements coming to VS code because companies will say, all right, VS code, that's the editor that we're going to use. And now we're going to invest in tooling. So at Stripe, we have a lot of internal tools for working with Sorbet and for uh, working directly with like the tools that we have internally. And I think a lot of that will end up eventually in open source. And so yeah. I think there's, I want to say I saw something just earlier this week about tools in VS code for working with, with rails. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I so, think CJ, you better, you better hurry up because Shopify is doing, they're doing a lot <laughs> with VS code. No. So yeah. I think it's, I think they're working together. Yeah. I think they're working together okay. on like the LSP or whatever. Yeah. To make yeah. it so that you can, uh, yeah. Yeah, click around easily and I don't know. Yeah, make it smarter. Uh, all yeah, right, make so it smarter, exactly. Rowan has a question for Eric. What's the best thing in Ruby Mine? Seems seems oh, a bit Rowan, loaded I'm, I'm question. Glad, yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually been making a list here. Um, and I kind of made a list of all the things that I just have been using over the last um, I don't know, uh, four hours. Um, so uh, there's a couple that I mentioned, um, but I'm just gonna go through them real quick. Uh, the database client, as I mentioned, is is top tier. It really is incredible. Um, it's not only for Postgres or MySQL. It's like pretty much any database you want to connect to. Um, and the great thing about that, and the thing, the reason why I use that over different clients is because I have Vim mode. I hate writing anything outside of Vim mode, and so um, I, I keep my queries in here. And I'm gonna, that leads to another thing that I use all the time, which are Scratch documents. Um, so Scratch documents, mm -hmm. I think they have them in different IDEs or different editors, but within RubyMind, Scratch documents are persistent throughout. So you have a full library of your Scratch documents you can always go back to. But if it's like, for example, a SQL Scratch document, it covers the formatting for you, and you can execute it against any connection that you want. Um, like I said, it has the best go-to definition, which includes the, um, the gems. Um, it has uh, support for like endpoint support, so you could, you could actually test your, uh, test your uh, endpoints directly within. Um, other things are, uh, as was mentioned before, it's a, a testing dream. So uh, we use RSpec, but you can use RSpec, but it also has a debug mode. And when you're running tests in debug mode, not only is it completely visually beautiful, which I think is far better than the VS Code plugin, but it allows you to actually do step-by-step -step and analyze that you know exactly where you're at. All of the attributes are laid out exactly for you so that you can just open them in a tree. Um, other things, it's got um, tier one LSP support, um, which is always working, support for Sorbet, um, just a whole bunch of stuff that are fantastic. Um, you know, I, I kind of lose track of all the great things about it because I don't think about it until I try <laughs> another editor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I missed that. Um, so Rowan has another question for CJ. What's the major pain you find with Vim that doesn't exist in the other IDEs on the panel? And don't worry, rest of, of chat. Mar Mike, welcome. Um, I am reading your stuff. I'm just filtering here. <laughs> yeah, I think every every single thing that has been mentioned so far is available in Vim uh, with plugins. So you can install plugins the same way you can other text editors, uh, except... A database viewer i don't know I, I at least i haven't had one i tend to just log into the database in the terminal and poke around that way um and then the yeah like jupyter notebooks i have not seen that so those are kind of like the two main things the other thing that i will say is that uh it is not as beautiful as like having a full ide because there is it's not like a full gui that you get, right? It's not an application, like a separate application. I guess some people open NeoVim like in the, the Mac app or whatever, but like it's all kind of just uh, in your terminal. Like I, I, the, the way that I use it at least is just all terminal based. And so you lose out on some of the pretty graphics and things, but yeah, all the different functionality that we've talked about so far is available in Vim. Um, I would say, yeah, the biggest pain was is probably just uh, the learning curve. 
So yeah, when, when you're, when you're spinning up the first time, that's, uh, that's going to be tough. So, but I, I will say that, you know, like having, having watched people like the Primogen, if you go and watch him code in Vim, he flies around that thing so fast. I can't tell what the hell's going on. You know, I've been coding for 30 years and I can't tell ex anything about what he's doing because he is so fast with it. And I've never seen full featured IDEs get around that fast. So while it loses a bit of the pretty, it it gains the, the speed of, of stuff. He's so. coding blind. <laughs> yes. I, he, he literally yep. could, I think. Um, so, so I have a question, um, yeah. maybe for Eric. So like Sublime uh, is definitely a multi-language IDE. Like I can use Ruby with it. I can use Elixir with it. I could do JavaScript, you know, same thing with um, uh, VS Code. But what about RubyMine? Because like when you get this, can you, I mean, I, I don't, can you only do Ruby with it? Can you do other languages, languages with it? Do they have... Yeah, how does that work? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so it does support different languages. It supports JavaScript tier one. I believe it has the majority of the uh, features from Web, um, WebStorm in it. Um, so, and that's simply because Ruby, uh, you know, there's no getting away from JavaScript at all. Um, and it does support things like Elixir, um, but only on a plugin level. And I haven't really done too much with that, so I'm not sure how far it goes. Um, to me, RubyMine is something that you reach for working in Ruby-based applications, or I would use it in JavaScript-based applications. But honestly, in JavaScript, I might even go to VS Code because that seems to have a more rich ecosystem around that. So for me, I typically just use it for Rails projects, but it does allow you to do anything in it, um, and they have they have a more uh, a broad product, which is uh, just their IntelliJ idea. Um, but I think that's more for like Java and 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 stuff like that. Okay. So and Rowan's got another question for Adrian. That Rowan, we're gonna have to get you on here to guest host the show. You're asking good questions, man. Uh, Adrian, if you had to pick one feature from the other IDEs to include in your VS Code workflow, what would it be? Yeah, I said it before. So definitely. Uh, how smart RubyMine is. So all of that code, like intelligence, um, going through like the the like the different gems that you're using, and then like the the standard library and everything. That's definitely something that I uh, I kind of miss with uh, VS Code. And from Vim, I think I think I still actually I still miss like the speed from Sublime. And I would say like Vim, I think it's pretty speedy as well, right? Because sometimes like VS Code, even switching from a tab to another or opening a panel, they really work on that. It's better, but it's still not as smooth and, and fluent as like Sublime or anything else. So maybe the, from the Vim, maybe speed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with the, like, like for me, VS Code, if I, if I could get it to load large files, <laughs> so I wouldn't <laughs> have to have Sublime in the background. Yeah. That's all I need, man. Come on, VS Code <laughs> community, do that for me. Um, so okay, so I'm gonna show my dinosaur or reveal my dinosaur aspects here. So I don't use my IDE for searching anything. I'm a grep man myself. I have a terminal <laughs> open it, and I constantly just grep and just do what I do. I mean, maybe it's my experience doing. Uh, you know, database consulting and sysops, sysops DevOps stuff. So I'm just used to grepping or using the tools that are, exist on the server. So what am I missing with regards to the search features that like grep? Because you say you leave Sublime open, for example, to look through log, long files. Like what are these search tools give you in these IDs that say grep files don't? I can, yeah, I can address that with Ruby. This is another feature that you just reminded me of, which I absolutely love. Um, is you can do a you can do a grep across your whole project, but it will give you a list of every single file. And then as you go down the list, it actually has a built-in editor in the little modal window that it shows you. So that if you want to make a change, you can actually do it in that list while you're going, and then go to the next item, and then make a little change and go to the next item. But it gives you the full the it gives you the full view in a preview modal, which is just absolutely uh, fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think this. Go ahead, Adrian. 
Sorry. Uh, um, yeah, VS Code has something similar. So you can definitely do like um, find find all. So it, it searches through all of your files and shows them in the tree. Now they have this new thing where they show you, they open like a new tab and they give you more information about every file. So you can do, I'm not sure if you can do exactly that thing that you can do in RubyMine. So do it in uh, like in each file, do something different, but they definitely worked a little bit on, on that experience. Uh, and you can do like searching search with regex and all of that like cool 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 things. Yeah. So Creston, the same tools that you would use in the terminal for grep and whatever in command mode in Vim, you can just like use exclamation point and write whatever the search was going to be. There's also plugins that lay on top of it with Silver Searcher or that just make it much faster. So if you're looking throughout the entire code base or if you want to like fuzzy find a file, those are kind of like my two main use cases. I have just hotkeys that I've mapped. So uh, for me, if I just do space bar A and I'm hovering over some symbol or class name, then it'll like search for all of those instances and I can quickly jump to all those different files. So um, yeah, it's kind of like a very thin layer on top of what you're already used to instead of like bash or z shell or whatever okay Mar marco mentioned that rip grip is good with neovim um and colin says i use vs code as my main ide and i still use TextMate for dev notes to do lists etc because it's super lightweight to pop open new windows yeah that's that's one of the things about vs code is it's it's and i would assume rubymine i haven't used rubymine but because it's full featured ide it's probably pretty heavy um <laughs> as opposed to things and, like Vim that are like super small. And and yeah, uh, about this, like opening a new tab. So what I do, uh, there's a setting in VS Code where you can, you can tell it what kind of file that new tab should be. So I have it mapped to Markdown. So I open a new tab and I st start taking notes in Markdown and I have like, um, um, everything is colored properly and formatted and you have like a more visual way of like, um, going through that text file. Yeah, one of the things that I was going to mention is in terms of working with big files, like rather oftentimes rather than even opening it in an editor at all, I'll use something like less or uh, yeah, just like the, the built-in Unix commands to you know uh, stream the data instead of having to like open the whole thing in memory. Um, and then on top of that, like using tools like JQ for looking at JSON. So JQ is like a super, super handy command line tool um, for kind of like exploring uh, big JSON objects. Uh, there's, yeah, similar similar things that I've, I definitely find myself spending a lot of time, I think probably in the terminal solving a lot of the things that others might be using the IDE to do. So, yeah, like one of the things I do very often is tail log files. I don't. I don't want to open any of the log files in the IDE. I just tail them out, you know, in the, in the terminal. That's what yeah, tail exactly. is for. So <laughs> you kill yourself with waiting five minutes for the whole bloody log file to open. <laughs> you know? I do wish RubyMine had a, a tail function. That's something that I, that they're really missing out on. Yeah. They don't have a tail in there. Of course, I don't, I don't do that natively in VS code either. I just pop out to a terminal and tail the log, but uh -huh. Right. So, I think ideally, in an ideal world, you would just to make RubyMine full width, you know, just completely everything, because it has almost everything aside from an embedded browser. But, and they have a built-in terminal as well, which you could use the tail, but it seems like a, a missed opportunity that, um, you know, because uh, the way that when you're viewing the logs, you can actually command click and go to the exact file, it'll load for you and all that stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah. RubyMine, if you're watching, that's a good feature. <laughs> there you go. Um Next up, RubyMine introduces a full-fledged browser. Yeah, Marco. Hey, Marco, you do so much stuff. Why don't you just why don't you just do that for him? <laughs> you could probably gin that up in an afternoon, couldn't you? Um, yeah, but it's it's not open source, so. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. But the plugin system is they actually did use to have a built-in browser, and it was just so problematic um, that they removed it. I don't know if they're going to plan on revisiting it, but um, it, yeah, they had it before. It didn't work well. Oh, and yeah. Hi, Marco. <laughs> yeah. So um, one of the things that I'm, I'm kind of noticing from this, and, you know, I've kind of, kind of noticed this all across my career is that if, if you learn your tool, well, your, your IDE, well, 
it doesn't really matter which one you use. It's not like any one of them is more productive than the other. What matters most is what fits your style and what yeah. you get used to and learn. Because, yeah, you know, I'm assuming if I had started with Vim and learned Vim all the way through, I wouldn't want to touch RubyMine or VS Code. There's one thing, like, it's good to know a little bit of Vim, right? Because yeah. when you SSH into a server and you want to edit something, when you just want to do like a, one tiny thing once every few months, that's good. But if you do it every day, then you might want to know how to reach a certain line, how to get to the end of the line or things like that. So they, that definitely helps to know a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's always good say, to expose yourself to a lot of different yeah. things. Uh, I'd like to second what you said, Adrian. Um, Vim mode is something that um, I think almost every ID out there has. Um, I, and I know that IntelliJ is no, no difference. One of the things that I found, uh, just kind of a, a tip for anybody who's interested, is there is a, a project called, um, uh, what is it called? It's called... Um, Intella idea or or it, anyway, it's a, it uses which key, which is a plugin uh, that I map my spacebar to. So if I'm in my editor and I hit spacebar, it opens up a menu, and then that is very similar to Lazy Vim's which key. Um, and then I have it completely configured for um, for for Ruby. So if I just hit space f you know fp, it'll search for file of the project. Space ff will just open up my file viewer. So it really enables me to to um, first off, SQL is tier one for me, but also it allows me to navigate my editor similar to how you would do in Vim without having to reach for your, for your mouse. And I think that's really the, you know, if, if, if your hands are always on the keyboard and never leaving the keyboard, productivity is gonna be a lot faster, a lot better than it is if you're constantly going back to your mouse. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, and that's one of the things I've heard about Vim, you know, the Vim adherents are like, I never have to touch my mouse. Everything is on my keyboard. And I get that, you know, conservation of motion. It's it's a big thing in guitar playing. It's a big thing in programming. It, you know, it's important. Yeah. All right. So um, what do you guys think about um, how, how much time do you spend investigating new IDEs at this point in your careers? Is there really any point to it now? So Not, I, I actually good. just recently switched from like the Vim that comes on the Mac to NeoVim because I wanted to use GitHub Copilot. And so like at that time I was like, okay, it's time to time to like go do some research and figure out what the differences are. And for me, that was a pretty smooth difference. But also at that time I was considering uh, maybe it's time to go to VS Code because I really, I like, I think that the productivity improvements from github copilot will be worth it and so i i mean i was thankful to like discover that i could basically use the same tool and still like get github copilot um another thing like i i would be remiss to not thank t pope <laughs> like tim pope is this a plugin maintainer in the vim community who just writes like a million vim plugins and one of them was github copilot so thank you uh really appreciate it um but yeah that so Yes, but like for very specific reasons. Um, I haven't haven't searched for a different uh, editor for a while now because there aren't like new ones. Then the the only one that sparked my curiosity was from um from the makers of RubyMine. From uh, they they started a new one. They want to make a a VS Code type of editor, something that's universal, something that looks a little bit better, something that's more lightweight but still have a little bit uh yeah it's called fleet uh but still is pretty smart so that's something that i would like to try out and see if uh it matches with vs code it, it has zero support for ruby um, wow perfect yeah, zero support for ruby but other languages it's fantastic on it here oh cool uh, um to answer your question chris i also i'm kind of a i'm kind of an ide uh what's the word that won't get me in trouble um, I'm constantly trying out different things, like constantly trying out different <laughs> yeah. things. And not only that, I go back to them because um, as much as I love RubyMine, I'm always wondering like, well, is there something better? Is there something that would be better for me? 
One of the things that I keep going back to is Nova by Panic. Now you remember Nova created Coda and Coda 2 and all that stuff. Uh, Panic is a fantastic, uh, and it's not an IDE, but it's a fantastic editor that's very, very fast because it's natively Mac built. Um, the problem with that is it's just, there's not a lot of mind share there. The plugin system is not very, um, not very great. Um, and uh, hopefully down the road, maybe that will catch on, but I think they've got an uphill battle. Uh, but yeah, I've got probably five different editors that I choose from. And for me, again, it's an ergonomic thing, but it's also a fun thing. Like mm -hmm. I dip into Vim all the time because I love Vim. I love getting in there and doing that. VS Code, not so much, um, but Vim, absolutely. I love getting into but there's not, I mean, I guess I can see, like, I go into Vim sometimes because, you know, if I'm working on some something else, that's it's just easier to do it in Vim than it is in VS Code sometimes. But I'd never really have much of a reason to go to RubyMine from VS Code because they're so similar in their, in their itch scratching, I guess, is, is a good term for it. Um, I, I, think that, I think that you're wrong. I okay. Think, in fact, I, I believe you're wrong, <laughs> but that's okay. You know, it's like, I've been driving this, I'm going to go back to the Tesla. Like I've been driving this fantastic Ford Mustang for so long. And why would I want anything more than a Ford Mustang? Sure. You know, sure. You haven't driven in a Tesla yet. You haven't driven one of those yet. So I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. But I can tell you, if you were to invest the time, you'll see that it really is. It's kind of like Rails itself. It's highly opinionated. Mm -hmm. It has, it's very specific. It's not something that you fiddle with. Like, for example, the reason I love Vim is because I can go in, like I can put my mechanic hat on and I can set this thing up. And it's so much fun for me to like, I'm constantly in my dot files, making little changes here and there. And I'm checking out all these Vim plugins. And at night, I like go through my phone and look at all these, you know, Vim plugins that are available. I think that's fantastic. But if I want to move fast, if I want to be productive, if I want to get stuff done, I always go to RubyMine. Okay, so RubyMine more than VS Code is very much Ruby centric. Then it's kind of out of the box set up for Rubyists, where VS like, Code you have to kind of spend some time getting the right plugins and stuff to set your environment up for Ruby. They yeah, have, it's, it's kind yeah. of in the name, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have teams that are specifically built for. We are focusing on what Rails developers need. So I think a lot of the innovation that you see in IDEs, especially around Ruby, is, is from IntelliJ because they are focused and they're paid. They're paid people to do this. Mm -hmm. Whereas, sure, there are tons of plugins for, for VS Code, which, I, which is fantastic. And it's really like, it's three personalities. You know, the, the personality is, am I, am I a hacker? Do I love hacking all day? Am I an explorer? Maybe VS Code is for me. Yeah. Am I somebody who just wants to not make ch choices around my idea and I just want to get stuff done? And there's RubyMine. And I choose different ones based on what I'm working on. If I'm working on a personal project, I'll often go to Vim simply because it's just fun. Yeah. Uh, so Rowan, Rowan's got another great question for all of us. What needs to happen to make you switch from your current IDE? I think the apocalypse is the answer to that question, but uh, what other, <laughs> what other thoughts? Oh, I, I totally have an answer for that. What? No, no, no. I mean, to answer his question. So like yeah. me, I'm, I'm not dedicated to Sublime. It's just what I've used. And for me, I don't want to spend any more time learning something. So even though I use them a lot in my consulting, uh, predominantly non-programming, I probably don't want to dedicate the time to looking through all these plugins and spending time mastering to that nth degree. The... VS code, I had considered moving to it, but the fact that, okay, well, I still got to find some plugins and it's, I got to find the right plugins. And I mean, it's great that it's multiple languages, but I think Eric has me convinced that, Hey, I do predominantly Ruby on rails. I think that's the thing after this session, that's the one I'm going to explore because having a dedicated tool to my language framework. To me, and the payment, I just took a look at it. It's not, you know, incredibly expensive. So to me, having a dedicated tool set that I don't have to maybe think too much about it, that's kind of his won me over. So I'm actually going to be looking at that. Uh-oh, Adrian and CJ. I don't know, I don't know what like, other people think, looks, but that's me. Looks like <laughs> Eric is coming out in, on top in the throwdown here. You guys are going to have to step it up. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. He's right. It, I mean, it's the smartest thing. Yeah. If you're doing rails and if you just, and if you need all that help. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. For, so for my day to day, I am not just writing Ruby and not just JavaScript. Like we, we officially support seven different languages. So it's Ruby, Python, PHP, Go, Java, .NET. And so for me, it would, would be challenging to jump into RubyMine as like the daily driver. But uh, given this coupon code, I am certainly going to give it a spin uh, in Vim mode. <laughs> um, and also, I mean, like I do use VS Code for certain things like Jupyter Notebook. So uh, I think, yeah, it'll be kind of like a, a mixture of different tools. And um, yeah, I, I do think it is valuable to see how the other side lives kind of, you know, like just mm -hmm. go and experience it and play around and experiment. Yeah. And if you don't do that, then you are going to spend years of your career probably missing out on tools that would have made you faster and more productive. So uh, yeah, I think we'll take advantage of this, uh, this coupon code that Eric, Eric hooked this up with. <laughs> so, so, so I think that's a disadvantage I have compared to everybody else here is that <laughs> they do what you exactly what you said. They try out different things. They, they say, oh, there's something new. Let me check it out. I guess I'm a creature of habit and I've just been sticking my thing. And until someone says, no, but you got to try this because it's better. I'm like, oh, okay. Like I personally, I don't actively seek that out because again, you know, half my time is database consulting. It's, it's not pure programming and stuff like that. But when someone says, Hey, look, there's something new and it's great because X, Y, Z, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I should look at it, but yeah. So definitely you know, like, I'm a little different than, than a lot of you guys here. You know, I like, I do so, so oh, sorry. So what I do is like, I'm pretty happy with, with VS code, but to show you how not extremely happy I am, whenever they have a release, I go through their release notes and I, I check out everything that they changed. I just want to see, maybe they improved it a little bit. Just they added this new thing in the command palette, this new thing in, in windows. So um yeah i'm still i'm still not perfectly in a in the best marriage with my code editor code editor if i may say so um if i can just address uh marco uh, marco you're 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 being a pain man <laughs> <laughs> thanks for all your work on stimulus reflex stop being a pain um so Yes. So there are some negatives to RubyMine, and I just want everybody to know this. It, it is a bulky, bulky system. Now, uh, the way I do it is I actually assign eight, eight gigs of RAM specifically to this editor. The reason I do that is because I run everything in it, um, including Docker even. I, I manage my Docker through it. So if you are on a low uh, a low memory uh, computer, it might not be ideal, but I'm going to challenge um, that idea that I think mo most developers are running on a fairly, um, a moderately uh, fast computer, at least fast enough if they're on any type of MacBook at all. I don't, I don't know about the, the others, but yeah. So that's, those are the things. A couple of other negatives is, of course, it's more expensive. You got to commit to that. And once you pay for something, you know, you feel kind of locked in. Um, and then finally, the plugin system is very poor compared to VS Code. Uh, very, very poor. Um, I'll say that it's a good thing and a bad thing. The, 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 the plugins that are really highly adopted because you can view them through uh, popularity are excellent and very solid. Um, but there are, if you're looking for a plugin that does a certain crazy thing, like it's going to be hard to find. And yeah. writing plugins, you have to write it in Java or Kotlin. So it's a little bit more complex than building it out for you know, VS Code or even BIM. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit easier out of the box for Rubyus, but maybe customizing is is better on the the VS code or the Vim side. Um so and you know there's there's going to be downsides to every IDE that you cuz these certainly aren't the only 3 IDEs out there. There are a lot of them, right? And Notepad++ could be considered one, I suppose. Um but there's going to be downsides to all of them, but there's also going to be pluses and it all depends on how you think and how your workflow works. Right. So, um, I, th I think, and we're, man, oh, such a fun discussion. We're on an hour now. So, um, we're going to have to wrap up, but I think, I think one of the big takeaways is none of these IDEs are the best IDE but there will be a best IDE for you out there. You should investigate them. So if you're, if you're a newer developer, I would, I would 
highly recommend, and I think these guys also would highly recommend, you check out all these IDEs and poke around in them and see which one is going to work best for the way I think. Um, so, um, you know, we will wrap this up. Oh, Rowan asks, uh, CJ, are you willing to share your VimRC? Curious about your setup. Um, hey, yeah, that's up to you, CJ. On GitHub and dot .files, so I'll add a link to show notes for you. Awesome. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. This was a great discussion. And thank you, chat, for being so lively. Um, Rowan, I'm serious, man. I'm going to have to get you on here to uh, to guest host the show one time. You're good at the questions, man. Um, I may have to retire. Uh, anyway, um, hope you guys enjoyed that. I don't know what we're going to be doing next week. We haven't nailed that down yet. I'm working on a couple of things, but uh, just follow us on Twitter at rubber or at Ducky Dev Show on Twitter, um, and I'll keep you posted on that. Um, also, you can uh, find me next Tuesday at 3 p.m. working on my Ruby game dev stuff. Um, same channel, same time, but Tuesday instead. Um, and thank you all for being here. Hope you enjoyed that. If you did, please make sure and like, subscribe, follow, mash all the buttons, ding all the bells. Uh, you know how this goes. Um, we will see you next time. And until then, happy programming. Happy programming. <laughs>